Welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast, your trail map for the world of mountain biking. And now, I'll introducing your host, Gareth Beckett. Howdy, mountain bikers. Thanks for being here, and welcome to episode 139 of the MTB Tribe Podcast. I am here as always to help you find out more about mountain biking, how to get out on the trails, keep you stoked and hopefully learn a little more about mountain biking and the people involved. So thanks so much for tuning in once again this week, and thanks for being a part of the MTB Tribe podcast. Now in this week's episode, we are solving one of the old age problems of mountain biking, or any kind of biking in that sense, is where to store your helmet, right? So you get into the car park, it's raining, it's wet, you take your helmet off, where do you set it? Do you set it in the ground? Do you get it wet? Do you set it in gravel or mud? Do you set it on top of your car where it is going to get blown off by a gust of wind and land in a puddle anyway? These were the problems that really bugged Tim McRae. And Tim took it to heart. He took it to his shed, if you like, and he produced the brand, as we all know, as Helmator. And it may sound simple, may look simple. It's a hook to hang your helmet on. You can hang it in the front of your bike. You can hang it on walls, inside your car, in vans, the back of your bedroom door, wherever you like. But Tim has taken this simple or what looks simple design and produced it into something that withstands a lot of weight, a lot of pressure. It withstands continual use and it will also hold Tim's weight swinging on it. And as Tim says, he's 14 stone or something. So it takes a lot of abuse, right? (laughs) So Tim has made this product and he's developed it into so much more. There's also a hub range available where you can hang your bag, your gloves, your helmet, your bike, loads of stuff all in one handy place. So we chat to Tim about how his idea was born, where the final design came from for that original Helmator, or as Tim likes to call it, his Eureka moment, the testing phase and and why Tim has become a plastic professional in his pursuit to make this thing work. We also chat about why he had to move production to China uh, and the reasons behind that. But we also get into the new products that he's developing and he's working on producing locally and his idea for the future of Helmator, where he wants to take it, what he wants to do. It's a great episode. It was great to get Tim on the show, and anybody that knows him knows he's a character, so there's plenty of laughs through this one. So without further ado, I will stop talking. I will let Tim take up the mantle and welcome Tim to the MTB Tribe podcast. Hi, Tim. Welcome to the MTB Tribe podcast. How's things with you in Enniskillen, sir? Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? <laughs> Oh, I'm already messing with you, Gareth. <laughs> uh, I actually did sound like it went dead there for me. Whatever you done really worked. <laughs> well, what can I say? <laughs> um, yeah, I've been bluffing for many, many a year. I th- things aren't too bad, Gareth. It's like the, the rest of the world here. We're in uh, lockdown and isolation, as I was saying to you earlier. It's not hard to be isolated, like where I live. Um, but now I've got an excuse not to see people. <laughs> <laughs> now I've got, I've got an excuse not to invite people out, you know, so it's like 100% relation here. Yeah, you're too far out in the sticks, people just get lost anyway. Oh, completely. As I said, yeah, as I said, as I said earlier, yeah, we only get people here who are desperate to sell something or lost badly. Uh, <laughs> I think I've had five 
five strangers over maybe 15 to 20 years. Wow. And, yeah, and one of them was uh, a girl there who was trying to sell me a, a drawing. And she'd cycle 10 miles over the roads on basically a shopping bike. And, uh, you know, I said, fair play, fair play to you. Here's your favour for that obvious photocopy. Uh, <laughs> fair play. Recycling out, you know, so. Yeah, so we're pretty isolated. It's, it's, it's lovely as well. It's, it's great as well, you know, and we're, we're blessed to live where we are, you know. We're in the country. Um, so we're, we're blessed that yeah, cool, man. Cool. And uh, what was the photocopy of? Can you remember? You know what? I think I want to say it was a, a cat. What well, was that was definitely worth a fiver then, for sure. Well, uh, it does really. It's just felt to sponsor her. <laughs> First sponsored helmet for Team Rider. Aye, there you are, brilliant, yeah, yeah, and earn races and a shopping, a shopping bike, eh? Yeah, oh, yeah, you had to give it to her, the roads aren't great, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, bro, thanks so much for coming on, it'll be great to chat to you, we've got you on, obviously, uh, because of your Helmator brand, and I'll be honest, man, I didn't realise that you were from Northern Ireland until about four or five weeks ago, I thought you were always UK-based. Yeah, do you think that's, is that just what people presume, I suppose? Or is it, you know, that, I don't know, like we businesses don't start up in the sticks in Ireland? Maybe, I don't know. Um, it's a strange one that, yeah, I suppose it's it's not the first time we've had people, you know, surprised that, uh, yeah, we're sending up from Northern Ireland, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh so that's understandable, yeah. Yeah, it's weird. And, you know, obviously I've seen the guys around the north and the guys in the south and all use your product, but it never really clicked with me. It never dawned on me that you were actually from Northern Ireland. Well, we're, we've been on a good front. Uh, that's the power of, uh, you know, of, of Photoshop and, and and web stores. You wouldn't know where somebody was from. Hi. <laughs> But listen, I've been surprised myself at uh, who's not too far away and so on, you know, um, when it comes to businesses and products, you're going going down the road type thing, you know, that's happened a couple of times, but yeah, it's pretty cool as well, you know, it's pretty cool. Um, I've discovered that myself by some other brands, Um, Mm -hmm. and it is pretty cool that such a small place has these startups these startups you know new ideas so on it's mm-hmm. cool it's cool and uh you started helmator time with your brother johnny is that correct that's right yeah um so i initially i've always been inventing stuff it's just like what to do you know um and um i think this is one of the first ideas that he went uh, that's uh, I could go somewhere. I might actually listen to you this time. Um, <laughs> and so he did, and with another fellow there as well. So they actually brought this one to market um, a number of years ago, and um, 
Yeah, uh, it was a goodness me, it was a learning curve. Oh, I'm sure, uh, man. Oh, you know, it's like anything. If you knew what was ahead, you probably would have just stayed in bed. You know, mm-hmm. but uh, <laughs> as you can't see the future, you just you just beat through the next problem and go on to the next problem. And it actually took us got some a year and a half to two years just to get the correct plastic for that product. We snapped so many variations of that product. Uh, some were too bendy, some would snap beyond their curvature, you know, what they're meant to be tested, and some didn't have a good spring rate, some had bad plastic memory, you know, it, it, it wasn't returning to its original form that well. Uh, and this, I mean, we're talking, I'm not, we're, neither of us are experts. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and these were like plastic experts struggling to get this. Wow. Oh, listen! To get to get the mix right for that took us a good year and a half. That's crazy, yeah. Yeah, we went through so many different plastics and variations of plastics, and twenty percent this, and then fifteen percent that, and then add ten percent, and um, all to get the the right formula. Mm-hmm. And that was your initial product. So that that was your wall mount at the Helmator, was it that one? That's right, yes. Yes, that was the one I call I guess some people use the, the term halo product. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, that was the product, yeah. Yeah, wow. And, you know, like, what about investment in that time? Then, you know, like, you're doing all this, you're getting no return at that time over a span of two years. Like, you know, did you ever think, you know, we're putting money into this, we're not, is this thing even going to come to market? Listen, that's, you know, that is it. Um, we're, we're in a decent position. We're in a good position where we can sort of, you know, not get in, into debt um, just between all of us, you know. But at the same time, you're always taking a calculated risk. Um, and I remember one of the big risks there we, we took was just going to the, the bike show. It was 2017, 2018, 2017, lovely. And that was a big outlay for us. You know, you're talking thousands. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, you know, a make or break moment. Um, because you know, that's the first show we ever done. And the day, you know, nobody really heard of us. In fact, nobody had, apart from the kids and the next door neighbor. Uh, <laughs> so, Deciding to go there was a real make or break. It was like, let's put this several thousand in um, and let's just let the, the public decide. And that's what we're done. I mean, the one downside of living in Ireland is having to get a ferry to the mainland. Mm-hmm. That's where the big money comes in. It's your traveling, your transport, your, com- your accommodation your fuel, etc. So that's the one downside of living here. Um, you are pretty cut off. But mm. we had a great response. Again, never done anything like it before. A fantastic res- response from the from the public. Um, Bike Biz especially really loved it. And um, su- 
completely out of the blue, were nominated for innovation finalists, you know, product of the year, whatever it was. Can't remember mm-hmm. the quite category. You know, so it all happened quite quickly that way. Now it was good. It was a good. But I mean, that could have went either way, and that was a calculated risk. You know, that was a a gamble. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to take those. You just have to take those. And it was the the, the thought of, well, you know, we can try this or we can not, and we'll just live with the what ifs. So. I decided to not have many what ifs and go mm. for it. You know, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, and like, how did that feel when you were there at the bike show and you were getting this really great response? You know, and people were basically validating your idea for you. Like, how did that feel? How did that make you guys feel? Oh, listen, it felt great. I was, I hardly, I hardly slept for three days. Uh-huh. Uh, it was great. I was by the end of it, like my my street cred communication skills of fist pumping and everything was going through the scene. Uh, <laughs> I mean, once used to look on embarrassed, me fist pumping these like nineteen year old like riders, uh, you know, completely, you know, and uh, the coffee the, the caffeine was flowing, and the you know, I mean, you know what? What one of the lovely things is is meeting new people and uh i just i just love that and uh i've got to meet with some lovely people within the industry and without saying just ordinary you know, you know uh non-industry people who were there just the the day you know it was it was lovely i loved that i love i love meeting people and this oh, is one of the cool. yeah one of the pros of starting something like this um is the opportunity to to meet people you know, in a, in a in a world and a community that you yourself enjoy. Um, you know, if I hadn't started Helmet Tour, I wouldn't be talking to MTB Tribe podcast. You know. Yeah, yeah, it's weird the way things go in the direction things can take you. Now, before you get a really big head, that wasn't one of our, uh, you know, our goals three years. Ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you had much bigger ones. <laughs> Actual pain and emotional stress because I was, you know, just to chat to Gareth. You, you weren't a card, Gareth. Uh-huh. I wasn't even. Uh, I wasn't even on the go then. You guys, the reason I started the podcast was so I could get you on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. Listen, let's just sign off, lead up for a drink, and that's, yeah, I guess that's it. Totally, yeah. Aye, it only took me 130 odd episodes to get you on, but we've finally got here. <laughs> we have been here, we've been waiting on the aisle. He's <laughs> just had the call. Well, you know, it took me 130 episodes to work up work up the courage to actually contact you, you know. Uh, but yeah, but it's, you know, it's cool, man, it's cool, isn't it? Like, it really is pretty rad. I don't want to. I don't want to give Glenn O'Brien any more coverage than he deserves. Like, but uh, <laughs> but it's even lovely being able to to meet with people like Glenn. You know, that's you know, and um, three of uh, you know that was actually one of the first episodes I listened to. Was, was Glenn was on it, mm-hmm. and um, 
and it's just nice to you know through Helmut Hoy had a reason to get in touch and to chat and go down and, and meet him and, and muck around this pump track and show him a few things you know uh, <laughs> 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 yeah but you took that love of me going around this pump track um, without a bike uh-huh, class but uh, yeah things like that are have been really nice and uh, and meeting and an opportunity to chat with other people, you know, mountain bikers in America and um, and uh, and the UK, you know, it, it's good. That's that's a nice. Thing. Yeah, it's amazing, man. It's cool. You know, it's it's a weird thing that mountain biking obviously is global and it's it's such a big thing now. But at the end of the day, it's quite small because you do run into quite a lot of people you know and and everybody kind of knows everybody or knows of somebody who knows somebody and it's it's really cool that way the community is really nice yeah we're finding that more and more um and even in our, our local area here um you know we're, we're making uh friends with little mountain bike groups and it is it's, it's nearly like a wee a wee bunch of communities making one big community isn't it mm-hmm. yeah that's true very true. That's cool, and it's really nice to be involved in something like that and be part of it. I think you know it makes it all worthwhile at the end of the day. Well, it does, and um, that's I suppose that's what a brand is meant to be as well, isn't it? It's meant to it's meant to sort of connect. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I get a lot out of it. I have to say. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. Appreciate uh, well, anybody, you know. You know, when you're liking your posts on Instagram or something like that there, you know, it's it's just nice to have, you know, people show interest and stuff. You know, it's good. It's good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, Tim, after that show then, at the bike show, what did you do then? What were your plans after that? Did it make you just take the brand in a different direction or anything? Or what, you know, had you as a plan in place there? Well... Okay, so the next, after that, then what you want to do is, what you wanted to do was follow up on any leads. And, uh, and you know what, for every 10 leads, maybe one would, one would come to something. And uh, from that, we, you know, just picked up a first online distributor, non ago there. And uh, they have been fantastic for us. Um, mm-hmm. So, Again, you know, it's one of those things. You didn't know who would be there. They didn't know who would be there, but they're, they're in the hole. You know, you meet and some comes out of it. So if you're not in there, you, you know, you can't, you know, you're not in it, you can't win it. It's mm-hmm. very much the case there. So after that, then it gives you encouragement and so on, and then you you start looking at, at building your online profile and and, and sales and and so on. Uh, we we mostly sell through our website, um, and which you know which which is fantastic. I mean the the amount of countries we have we have sent Almator to just blows my mind. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe 20, 20 different, 20 plus different countries. Wow. Wow. Listen, Colombia, Israel, Dubai, you know, it's, uh, Canada, Switzerland, Germany, France, 
Australia. Um, I can't really. Malta, even yeah, Malta, yeah, Malta. Obviously, all the European, European, Norway, Sweden, etc. The only country I haven't said anything about China, right? Uh, yes, or Russia. Uh-huh. Uh, so there's a couple of bucket lists there. But mm. Singapore, uh, Turkey. Um, ah, it's just, it's just, just really, it just blows my mind, you know. It really does blow my mind how people hear about a product, uh, how they find you, mm-hmm. uh, and where you end up sending yeah. it to. Yeah, it's quite amazing, you know. It's quite amazing. Yeah, it, it is, and you know, let's jump back a little bit and let's chat about the Eureka moment. You know, that's where you you were springing a coat hanger into a helmet. Like it was a, it was an issue you guys were having. You had nowhere to hang your helmets and all that. You found you found a hole in the market. To be honest, is that how it all happened? Yeah. Well, I to be honest with you, yeah. Design design. I suppose the design process or the idea process for me is if something annoys me, um, enough. I'll start thinking about finding a solution for it. And sometimes that comes quickly and sometimes it's a stupid solution and sometimes it works. <laughs> um, so this this helmet thing was always a thing, yeah. Um, you know, I still remember, for some reason, I remember riding a Glen Tress and get all, you get out, get finished back in the car park, you set the helmet. Well, you spent about five, I don't know, about t- 10 seconds Wondering where to set the helmet. I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and you're going, oh, no, oh, no, oh, oh no. And then you set, <laughs> you set it in the roof and it's wobbling around like a, you know, like a, a turtle on its back. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then the next thing it wobbles off onto the ground where you should have sat it in the first place. But you didn't want to. And it's just, it's just so annoying. Um, so, that was the solution. The whole thing is, especially when you have no, you're no back and no financial back. And the, the thing is, my first question was, can I make this in my shed? Mm-hmm. Uh, so the initial idea, you know, I would have been fiddling around with solutions in the shed and then go from there. Um, because it's quite scary putting money into something too soon. And mm-hmm. when you're not good, you know, I'm an art teacher by trade, and I this is a complete layer of my knowledge zone. Uh, things escalate very quickly. You know, you, you need 3D printing done, and then you need a mold, um, and then you need a manufacturer, and all of a sudden you're into minimum quantities, and all of a sudden, you've spent thousands and thousands on a product. You're not quite sure if anybody wants. Ah, exactly. Scary, huh? That's how quick it es- can escalate. So even to follow that experience and to some way achieve it, um, to a certain extent, is it, quite something. It takes a lot of fear out of, of doing future things, but the first time you do it, it's like a lot of things. It's uh, can be quite scary. 
Mm-hmm. So we try, I mean, initially there was a more complicated design, but it, with me, it's always trying to get down to the simplest solution. And initially we had a pr- small product, a two-part product, with one part that went onto the helmet and one part that went onto the bike. Um, so we went from a two-part design down to a single design. And um, and that's the helmet tour that we have now. Mm-hmm. It's and the, and the I mean the other big thing about helmets, as you know, and anybody listening to this knows, there's so many brands of helmets, and there's so many shapes of helmets, and then you've got there's so many different shapes of vents and helmets. Mm-hmm. It's to, to, make, to make a shoe holder is easy because they've all got one hole in them if they're not worn out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the helmets, you know. So I, It's crazy because that's made me think about when I had RRP bike on the in the show that were making the, the mud guards. They were chatting yeah. about that. You know, you think a mud guard, how easy is that? But there's so many fork variations. It is unbelievable. And, and to get something... Yeah, to get something that locks onto the fork properly without zip ties and stuff like that is just a total head melt. So I can understand where you're coming from with the helmets because they're probably even worse. Well, I mean, every you think about every helmet brand could have maybe a dozen variations. And mm. there's you start adding them all up. Um, you know, you just flick on chain reaction or something or wiggle there and you'll see, you'll see the amount of so it was finding that one uh, common denominator and that, I was just asking myself that simple question, what is the one common denominator? And then it, it seems simple now, but it's just the helmet vent. That is it, the vent. Mm-hmm. And then it was, well, trying to get so, trying to get the sizing that would, that would give you most um, coverage I would cover most helmet van sizes, and that was that was basically walking into a bike shop with your your two fingers and just <laughs> going like that. <laughs> oh, oh, I remember about Chain Reaction there. I'm not being sponsored by them or anything like, but that's you know the biggest supply I have. No matter walking in there, you'd get your thumb and your finger going, you know, and getting a few looks after ten minutes, and they're going, "What's he up to?" You know. <laughs> As if I'm having a little conversation with each helmet, you know, finger and thumb going. Uh, and it's just simple things like that. Research going, what, what would what would be the recommended, you know, what would be the, the sort of like the common denominator for helmet vent sizes? And that'd be a parameter for your design. Um, yeah, but the, the, uh, the coat hanger, I think we maybe need to chat about the coat hanger. Um, so at this point, I was a bit baffled. I still remember one evening there was standing in the shed, with a friend. I was half listening to him because I had a helmet and half a coat hanger wire, coat hanger in my hand. I was like sort of just sticking it in and out of the vent. And I went, ah. He was like, "Oh, I see. You agree with me? What? No, 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 no. Ah, I've just worked out how to do this this helmet holder thing. Look, 
<laughs> Staying in this half a hanger in and out of event. Um, so that, that was basically that gave me my first idea. That set me on a, a new path completely. And mm. uh, you know, so if you actually look at it, you can see probably the inspiration of a half a coat hanger coming out there. Mm. Because at this time, Tim, there was nothing on the market, was there? There was nothing you could kind of steal ideas from or plagiarise or anything like that. You were coming up with something pretty new, yeah? Unfortunately not. There was nothing to copy. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I looked. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, that's, that's another... Listen, it's another it's another lovely acknowledgement of, of years of, of dreaming um, to have a patent uh, with your name on it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and because Helmator is unique and uh, a first, we were able to... You see a lot of products with patent pending, um, and that's, that's quite different to being awarded a patent because it has to have unique characteristics um and, and bring something new to the party so that that's 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 been another that's been another lovely thing to be able to get a patent you know that's it's all very well getting a patent at the same time if nobody wants it it's, it's not much of a laurel you know laurel. Uh, it doesn't make much of a no, much of a difference thing, but yeah that was good mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. And you chatted at the start there about you, you got problems with the plastic snapping and being too flexible and stuff. So how did you decide where to go to get them produced? Well, we work with a very good um, designer, uh, big and small, in uh, Belfast there, Steve McGilloway. Um, and he... he he basically took our drawings and, and ideas and specs and uh, turned it into obviously a CAD. And then he worked with um, a company in China. Um, he was actually an English company. Mm-hmm. Moves out to China. So um, that's basically, it's basically through our designer, product designer. We ended up getting them produced in... Um, but I mean, you know, off the cuff, we'd asked about production over here, and it was going to be five times the price, easy. Oh. And for small, you know, for 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 normal people with with your you know normal enough jobs and so on, you know, it's just it's just way out of our league. It would have been, it would have been a way out of our league to to pay five times what we did, you know, to get a. The, the moles manufactured. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you probably wouldn't be here if you'd have went down that direction now. Well, we couldn't have afforded mm-hmm. to go. You know, we wouldn't have been able to afford to go down that direction. wouldn't have happened. Yeah, okay, all right. And when you get... So these guys are producing moulds for you and you get a ticket they send you, sample batches through and you test them and, and things like that. Like, how did you feel when these things weren't working? When when these things were snapping and stuff? Oh, it was it was the most frustrating period of time. Now it really was, um, and and nobody's fault. It was just that what we wanted the product to do, 
was pushing. Um, pushing what people had done before. Um, mm. I mean, we were looking for excellent UV, you know, protection, so it could be used outside and so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're also thinking about temperature, hot and cold. Um, and creep, you know, that's the resistance to creep. You know, that's it losing its its memory. Okay. So then you had you think about you had to we actually had a a set or a determined you know force that we wanted to create with a bit of plastic and that will vary depending on the thickness of that of that spring leaf. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you go two mil or a mil in either direction, that's going to affect the force of your of your uh, of your product, how, how well it holds the object, the helmet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A lot of variables there, and um, and interestingly, we we thought we had the material, and uh, I spent like three spent I think three hundred quid for one prototype. I was oh. out of a block of this stuff, and. Um, and it worked fantastically well. And then it went to injection mode, and it didn't. <laughs> you have to become a professional in plastic, <laughs> basically. Yeah, we do. In some ways, you do. It's yeah. I mean, the, the goodness me, the the stuff I've had to learn, and we have had to learn. Thank you, my brother is more of a. Uh, you know, a, a, a science-based, you know, he's a doctor in physio and so on and biomechanics and everything. Whereas I, you know, I'm a, you know, I don't really let physics get in my way <laughs> when I'm thinking about mm-hmm. yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's only other people go, no, Tim, that's, uh, you know, you've got the second law of thermodynamics there to think about. Well, what's that? <laughs> oh, stop that. They need it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I don't do that. You know, uh, you know. So it's good to have that balance, um, of, uh, and and so on. What was the question again? <laughs> the I, I was saying you were you were a professional in plastic now. The stuff oh, you yeah. have to learn, eh? Oh, you should see me now. Right, the plastic work. I'm immaculate. Immaculate. <laughs> I can just imagine you when you go into a store and you left, you go to left a plastic mug or something. You're like, oh yeah, that's made out of such and such a grade of plastic. You call that Z two three or something. I can just imagine that. Oh, you do, and you you started, you start looking for shut lines and uh, we ejector pin mounts and holes and and all that sort of thing. Where under under where they inject that plastic into that mode? <laughs> that there, that, that should have been peeled up. You do, yeah. Before you even drink your tea, you're you've already studied the the, the mug, and it's forgetting the tea's in it's the problem. You start to upset. <laughs> yeah, man, it's crazy. It's crazy. So you, you're getting these things produced. Um, when did the, when did the breakthrough moment come? When when you got the one that worked? It's, you know what we used to get them in small batches, obviously. You know, so they'd only do runs of, of you know, a dozen or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I have bags of variations of plastics in the shed. Um, and then you just, just got the last set 
and you put it through its its paces basically and stuck it in the freezer and spread it with with CO2 you know to freeze it mm-hmm. things like that uh, wow so put, wow we put it up in a jig you know we built a jig that would that would give it thousands of repetitions um twisted it and listen just yeah and used it I, i'm still three years later i'm still using the same one mm-hmm. you know yeah. still yeah not still going strong like it's and then and then obviously you get started getting silly i mean and then i screwed it to the ceiling and swung off it uh you know 14 stone not a problem <laughs> Yeah, it's it's crazy, man. Like, you know, and this is the thing. I don't think people really realize you have to do stuff like this. They look at your product and because it looks simple, which is the beautiful thing about it, it just looks easy. It just looks easy. But it's far, far from that. Far from it. Yeah. Uh, There's every, 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 every shape and profile is thought about. Um, you know every position, even the the ribs and the bottom arm. You know that's that's uh, that's to do with uh, inje- injection filling. You know they're, they're, you're thinking about the flow of the plastic into the mold, and that sometimes determines the the shape of the product. In fact, it always it will be a factor. So there's so many things, and here's here's one thing now. Here's one thing. That product is only like 30, something like 30 grams. It's very light, but very, very strong. Mm-hmm. Now, this is one thing. Now, the one thing you don't think of when you're producing a product is, will it post? Now, that product is basically four mil too uh, deep mm-hmm. to go as a, a letter in one and that costs an extra two quid. Maybe I shouldn't be putting this out in there, should I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it goes from the price of a simple first-class stamp, effectively, to a small packet. Is that right? It goes. It goes from a, a letter, a large letter, to to a small parcel. Oh, dude! And yeah. you know, this is something that. In hindsight, but it's just it's just one of the learned things, you know. Four mil, and that's that's you know. And the thing is, what do you do? Do I mean you go back to manufacture? They have to basically reshape your molds, fill your molds in, and all that. That's hundreds and hundreds of pounds, you know, to, to rework that. Mm-hmm. And then. Be you're going well. To be honest with you, it needs to be that width anyway. You know, just for stability. Although you could change a wee bit, um, but yeah. So I mean, every every change in Royal Mail, I'm just praying for an extra four mil. I, yeah, I can understand that, and you know, it is weird that you have to become. And this is the thing about you know small entrepreneurs you have to basically become really really good at so much stuff you know you just can't simply be involved in one element of the thing you have to be involved in it all and that's from design to actually posting the thing it's crazy 
Yeah, it really it really is. Um, you know, you're, you're, yeah, you're so many departments, mm-hmm. uh, and that's you know, I could do with several of me. Well, of maybe not me, but other people. And I have we have got good good family and friends which do help now and again. But obviously, you know, on a full time basis, you could do with a number of others. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's 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 it's, it's crazy the stuff. I mean, I, I have to get my head around that and tax and import and and, and even working with. I remember the first time we you know done a a big parcel order from from China with like DHL. And I was like, how on earth do you get freight? <laughs> how do you how do you do customs? Mm-hmm. What stuff like that used to keep me up at night. Uh, uh-huh. And then you've got. It's, you know, renewing patents and it's uh and then we and then and then just the daily running you have this GPTPR you know the protection stuff and changes like that and you have to get your your invoices all and all that and and um, you've got the marketing stuff and photography stuff and video stuff and and um, yeah it's 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 pretty nuts. But pretty, it's basically not. So if I sat down sometime, you know, it'd be interesting to see what my CV would look like. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, you yeah. know you're not faster than I. I'm certainly not. Um, but you, you basically have a toe in, in everything. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, Tim, is this your full-time gig now? Is this what you do full-time? What's not? I'm actually... I'm actually still teach, uh, teach art four days a week. So it's it's busy. I <laughs> I is it's not man. It's busy. Would you like it to be your full time gig? Are you trying to make it your full time gig? Can you see that happening in the near future? It's becoming more and more a full time gig, um, but at the same time. It's, you know, you're, if you had, I suppose, if you had people involved, possibly who this was a full-time gig, they would could make it in the full-time gig, mm-hmm. you know, pretty, pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not my expertise area. You know, there's so much. I remember at the start, we were very good at, you know, contacting magazines and all around the place and so on and I just don't have time to do that you mm-hmm. know whereas if it's your full time gig you would have time to do that and that therefore the, the business would, would grow you know so I will see anyway well sort of it's been a very organic process as well and um, I suppose if we went on the Dragon's Den we'd be slated for not quitting our jobs and going on a what tilt yeah which you probably would need to do as well you know but i uh, say we're putting an awful lot of time into it anyway uh, yeah um, it's almost like another leap of faith isn't it when you start to pump money into it at the start to go to leave a full-time employment and go at this full-time would be another leap of faith and you would have to you know, you just have to be sure it's what you want and that you can survive from it. So it's not an easy decision to make. You'd have to know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> which is a problem. <laughs> I would be quite sure where to go. Have an idea, you have a fair idea. You know, but at the same time, as I say, this is not my area of expertise at all. Uh, marketing, marketing and the whole business arena. You know, so I've done pretty well considered. But, uh, yeah, no, at the same time, if somebody uh, says, I'm ready to follow that there and uh, you'd be grand, that'd be different. But I just wouldn't have enough faith in my myself to go, right, okay, that's it. Clean the desk out and uh, see it. Never. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so, yeah. But, you know, things have changed since that first initial wall-mounted helmet tour. You've now got lots of different products on your site. Yep. So uh, you now do, like, bike and coat and everything kind of hangers. It's pretty cool to see, man. You've ones there made out of steel as well. Uh, talk us through a few of those. Where did those ideas come from? Oh, listen, they came from the same place. Uh, <laughs> the garden shed. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, almost a garden shed. Um, and uh, again, just an example there of 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 not knowing or of watching your doorstep. We came across these guys that just bought this laser cutter, mm-hmm. uh, and I was just chatting with a friend of a friend type thing, and they go, "Oh, chat with those fellas. They just invested in a big laser cutter," and. Um, at that point, I'd been looking at building or building products around the helmet or it always been a plan of mine. You know, this is the place to put your helmet. Well, let's have a place to put all your gear. Um, and so the a hook was a straightforward thing. Let's do a hook uh, that integrates with the helmet or mm-hmm. uh, and then the hub. But even the, even the processes, you wouldn't leave them out the plastic. I went through cutting and shaping and drilling and measuring to get to get to those solutions. There's you know and and shapes etc. Uh, there's still a lot of thought went into all of those. And flat hub, I've got six or seven variations of prototypes lying out in the shed um, mm-hmm. over and. Um, yeah, everything everything takes takes thought. I mean, you mm-hmm. just can't put the note that's not going to be your best, and that's just it. Yeah, you know? yeah, and the hub you're chatting about it holds your jacket, your shoes, gloves, bag, everything. It does, and um, and you know the 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 helmet tour. It's spaced out from the wall, which is not something not people normally do. You know, it's deliberately twenty mil out from the the surface. Uh, to allow a bit of air circulation. It's just thinking things like that into your products, um, going that wee bit extra. I mean, the helmet actually screws, machine screwed to the, the bracket. It's not to the wall. And it's just, it's just like, oh, learning. Oh, yes, I can actually thread holes and get a threader and do that. And, uh, you know, even things like that are, are just you know, nice to, to learn and, and to do. But... In fact, I was watching a review. I was actually watching a review of one of our hubs yesterday, and uh, the amount of stuff that guy had on it. He had three pairs of gloves, two shoes, obviously a pair of shoes. He had uh, three rucksacks, a coat, uh, obviously the helmet, and a big glasses case. 
you know, all mm-hmm. over comfortably. Um, and people have them in their vans and, and, and houses and the back of doors and, and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we, we discovered, back to the, the laser cutter guy, um, there's this guy and uh, him and his brother of the farm up in the country, about, uh, about 15 miles from us, all but beautiful spot. Uh, up in the hills, and the farm, and you're, you know, you wouldn't know what there's new, new shed. That's a bit of a giveaway, brand new shed, mm. and uh, you know, it's past all the cows moving and the tractors and so on. Pull the door back, and it's like I don't know, maybe a two hundred thousand pound laser cutter sitting there. Oh man, unreal! Eh? Size of a bus, and uh, you know, I was, I was fantastic. I was a clap man. You know, to have something local that can do what you want to do. And so, for the last while, and maybe for the for the for the rest of this year, anything I can invent that can be laser cut and folded, you know, mm-hmm. it's going to be made. Uh, so it's it's great to have those sort of uh, resources at hand. Yeah. And do those guys do your pedal spanner and stuff like that? So you get all that done with those guys. Yep, anything, but basically two. Two points production. We've got our our handlebar mounted and our wall mounted helmetor that comes from the factory in, in China, and we we assemble it here. And then everything else comes from these guys um, in Monet and a skill. Mm-hmm. And, and do those guys do those guys help you with stuff? If you go with them to an idea. They obviously have expertise in the laser cutting thing. Do they say, well, you know, Tim, th- did you think on it this way? Or how about we do it like this? Or did you try this or think of this idea? Do they actually help you in that process? Oh, well, I mean, they have to, in some ways, they have to change the design to suit the laser cutting. Right. Um, well, um, so there is that. There's mechanical restraints, which they will bring into it. And... Mm. Uh, yeah, sometimes, sometimes, Jared, they're uh, an idiot. They've done wee things graphically, even. And I went, oh, yeah, I'm sick. I never thought of that. That looks really cool. Um, you know, for instance, the, the font style along the bottom of the, the, the cutout uh, hub, the black ones there. You know, I never I never specified that style, but they he done it like that. And he, it's, it's, it's good when you're working with somebody that's got a bit of what we call taste. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know they've got a good sense of design themselves mm-hmm. they do something and they know what looks good and so yeah okay maybe I go I'll go with at eighty percent sorted eighty you know and they'll then they will go well mechanically we have to change that a wee bit not a problem um because of this that and other thing. And, um, or they might, what about this? Try this, do it this size, that logo, or something like that. Yeah, so they do certainly bring some to the, the party. Mm-hmm. Are those guys just too simple? For, well, simple's not the right word. Are they two farmers that are just going into something different? Well, they're actually, uh, well, no, no, they're, I mean, they're, he's an engineer. Um, oh, okay, okay. 
Jared's an engineer down anyway, and he done a he was a teacher like myself. But uh, they're 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 farmers as well, but they've just diversified as well. Um, and that's partly because he is an engineer. Another fella, you know, he'd be in his engineering too. The both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know yourself. I mean, obviously, some farmers would see the need to to, to, to diversify. It's just not many of them. By a laser cutter. <laughs> you know I, mean? I, I will fair play. Oh, fair might play to them. Farm. Might start a patent farm or something, but not by a laser cutter. Uh, <laughs> a few hundred thousand. So these guys have invested, and uh, it's been brilliant for for Helmut Horn. The fact that they're they're so close as well, and we've built up a good relationship with them. And yeah, expect to see more stuff. I want them to get a CNC cutter. <laughs> yeah that's the next of it yeah they'll be taking your advice i'm sure and a water jet cutter actually as well a few ideas for that <laughs> classic well listen do you enjoy it tim do you enjoy the process um i know it's stressful and everything that takes up a lot of your spare time where you could be riding bikes but uh do you enjoy it yeah guys i could sit what i love i love there's t- couple of things I do love. I love, I really love inventing stuff. Um, and meeting people. Um, everything else, I wish somebody else had just taken on. <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> I'd be more than happy just making stuff up and getting it made and etc. I love that. Um, there's a lot of other stuff. It's, it's, you know, you have to do, but it's just not as it's nice. It's not as easy. Well, you know, yeah. So enjoy, enjoy elements. I certainly enjoy elements of it. I find mm-hmm. other stuff a bit, you know, a bit stressful and so on. And you know, mm-hmm. and it's really it's very much out of my comfort zone, I suppose. And that's mm-hmm. why it's not just as enjoyable. You know, so yeah, everybody has. Yeah. Totally, man. Well, you're you're producing lovely products there and stuff. What about the future of Helmator? You kind of hint it there. You have some new stuff in the way. Um, are you always designing new stuff, thinking ahead of the ahead of the curve? Bits and bobs, yeah. Um, I'm not sure I'll come up with something ever again as unique as the Helmator, um, which is fine. It's just looking at all that. Well, that pedal spanner right now, you know. I could bring out a Mark II of it, but I mean, it's the only pedal spanner on the market with directions on it, uh, which is a problem to quite a lot of people. And uh, I love that pedal spanner because I now approach a pedal with a lot more confidence and bravado than I ever did before. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, you know yourself, there's nothing ever as bad as a swinging on a pedal to realize you're going the wrong direction. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've yeah. done that so many times, this pedal spanner, you know. So sometimes there's we simple solutions. It's not everybody's uh, got a problem with that, but there's certainly enough people out there who, it sure seems like an obvious thing to do, stick the directions on the pedal spanner. Uh-huh. 
Aye, no, it is because you we all over tighten our pedals anyway. And then when you go to try and take them off, you don't know if you're skinning your knuckles because you're trying to keep it. You're trying to <laughs> tighten it, or you're you're actually attempting to take it off. You know. Exactly, and uh, and there's just sometimes sometimes you can take a product and just think you know how can I make this better and uh, and still make it nice. You know, it has to it has to be nice. You know, it has to be something that's that's just nice to have. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's nice in the hand. It's it, it's quality. You know, and uh, we can only do we're, we're we're we are very small. You know and. You can only do so much, but you still do your your best, you know, and and make your best product within your means. Yeah, uh, yeah. totally. Well, Tim, how can people buy your product? How can they best find out what you're up to and, and stuff like that? Where do you want to send them to? We, as I say, we mostly sell through. We're on Amazon as well, fire distributor, and then just through ourselves, hammertour.com. Uh, and then we've got, you know, do bits and bobs on Instagram um, and Facebook. But yeah, um, it's something we'll probably have to really look at, you know, is getting the word out a bit more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Go back to the early of when you're starting out, you have thousands of email addresses of industry people and so on. And uh and Dan, you've said we've met some great people who you know and, and they've really helped us, got behind us. And um but it's, it's still it's still hard to get through the door, you know. And uh the, the more the more you the more you I suppose grow even a little bit, it makes it easier to to do an, another step to get through another mm-hmm. door. So that, that's you know we'll see what the, we had plans like everybody for this year we're very much going to be down with the Vitus Enduro Series this year for the first time you know really get into the Irish scene um, down sponsoring there and obviously because of current situation we we, we, we haven't been able to do that and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so we had plans of really getting into the Irish scene this year uh, and then maybe hitting Euro like next year, um, that would be a big thing for us now. I think, but I think we might go to. I'd like to go to Euro bike with we stand. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, it's, it's just like for all of us now. All these things have changed so much, you know. So just have to be different what we have and, and just ride the storm. Ah, exactly, exactly. Well, yeah, it's. Oh, you know the whole thing's disappointing because of the the whole lockdown scenario. But you know what can you do? You just have to, you yeah. know, spend more time in your shed, maybe or something. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> oh, well, if you're on Instagram, there I'm actually in the I'm building a, a bit of a a pump track death trap sort of situation there <laughs> uh, in the garden. You know, so that's you know how long the lockdown has lasted by the the size of it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. longer so the bigger it'll get aye cool and I see Glenn's making good uh, he's making good use of his anyway yeah? oh yeah 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 has indeed <laughs> comes out every year has pump track aye some I remember seeing that years ago on the, in a magazine <laughs> and uh, it's pretty cool like, to get down to see it 
you know. Aye, aye. I, I see. I don't know if you noticed, but he brought the gum out this year as well. I. What is that? <laughs> What's that all about? That's just. Uh, I. I would say that's just something within the inner depths of Glenn's <laughs> mind. You know what I mean? This pops up every every now and then. I didn't know whether to applaud or to run. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy, man. Crazy characters, man. The characters. Uh, yeah, that's it. And that's what, uh, yeah, that's what makes it. It's nice and colourful, the whole thing. So, but listen, um, the sun will rise again, and uh, we'll all get out again. And, and, be, and listen, there's so many new trails opening. Aye. And, and we, you know, down there's a couple. Of, I mean, Gorchen and Oma, it'll be up and running soon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, go there years ago when there was nothing. You know, they just yeah, used yeah. to steer down through trees, and uh, and then and then down Slago. Uh, is it, is it, there's a couple of places there now. Clooney Forest, uh, proper big trail centre opening there. So I'll tell you what, after this, it's, it's going to be some scope. Aye, we we are totally, and I've chatted about this in the podcast before, for the size of Ireland and the population and everything, what we have here as far as mountain bike trails, facilities, and even the, the talent of riders is just unbelievable. Yeah, uh, and it's suddenly, it's suddenly exploded, hasn't it? Aye, it's crazy, man, it's crazy. But it's awesome, it's awesome. It is, it is, it is brilliant. I mean, I remember, let me think, now I'll say 20 years ago, everything's 20 years ago with me. Uh, but I'm going to go 24 years ago, 25 years ago. Uh, we used to travel around from Anna here through the forest and Ulster Way and so on, the mountain bikes. Never saw anybody. Um, and used to have a wheel of a time and uh, bought and build trails. We used to build our own trails, build North Shore trails 20 years ago up in the forest. Uh, and now it's it's completely different, you know, completely mm-hmm. different. I have the big, we have gravel races now, and um, I mean this year, last year was the first big uh, gravel grinder. There's a Lakeland gravel grinder. Mm-hmm, uh, that's right. Five hundred people or something came to that, and that's just hard. But that, you know, it's beautiful. I mean, it's, it's absolutely beautiful around here. And part of that is that it's so unspoiled. I mean, you're you're riding through you're riding through forests that are not touched. There's lichen just swinging off the trees. You know, it's it's fantastic. It really nice. is. It's beautiful, man. I think we're going to see over the next number of years. We're going to see a big influx of tourists coming to Ireland to ride the, ride the trails. To be honest. You think so, yeah? I think it's going that way, yeah. Like, you could, if you think about it, you could come from the UK now or wherever, and you could make a really, really good week of riding trails. And the thing about it is, I mean, Ireland's obviously, you know, it's not that big. Mm-hmm. I remember doing, I remember years ago, we done a, me and my mate there, we done a, um, a bit of a trek there. We, we travelled from, Scotland, we've done all of, all all the seven stains mm-hmm. trails, and then we went down and done the the Welsh ones, and done a bit of the Lake District in the middle. Uh it was fantastic road trip. 
absolutely fantastic. But I mean, if you take the mileage we covered, I mean, you could do, you could do the lap of Ireland there enough, mm-hmm. easy. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, you're you're quite right. And a and a long weekend, you get hit, you get hit quite a few. And you've got them Cullen there, the the trail centre there in Dublin there, and Ticknock and uh, and so on. Ah, exactly. Trevor and Castlewell there, you know. Yeah, there's so much, so much. It's unreal. There really is. There's absolutely no excuse why I haven't been riding bike for two years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know, man. It's crazy. Yeah. So the only worry is when this lockdown is lifted, I'll have no more excuse. <laughs> you got to get out, man. Well, listen, thanks so much, Tim, for coming on. I appreciate you coming on the show and telling us the story of Helmator and and everything that goes into it. You've certainly got your hands full there, bro. Uh, but um, here, good luck for 2020, and I hope you, you get the product out a wee bit more if the, if the race season starts again and, and things pick up for you. Well, hopefully your listeners will understand. I've tried to be as clear. Subtitles aren't going to be much use on um, the podcast. But hopefully, hopefully, apologies if I haven't been clear um, to anybody there. But uh, I've put on my best. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all good, man. It's all good. Uh, well, listen, thanks again, dude. And I want to get back home. Uh, hopefully, we'll run into you. And um, well, let's make, let's make a, a point of it. Yes, for sure, for sure. Uh, when this is all over and. Um, in Katrina and go digging. A fantastic place near us in Black Lion. Um, she might know of it. It's up in the current. You know, or current. Oh, no, 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 no. Irish for Rocky place. What do you call that? I'm not sure. Oh, I can't believe it's slipping off. But I have a fantastic place near us. She would love it. Aye, cool. Cool. Well, I'm sure she'll be searching that area on the on the old Google Maps later on. If I say to her, you've got all your different tombs, prehistoric Celtic art, um, ice, you know, ice age riverbeds, amazing, amazing place. Wow, wow, I no, well, yeah, like you see, when we normally go on a trip or a holiday or anything like that it always normally revolves around what i like to call archaeology as stone hunting so <laughs> listen near us in swad uh we were down there a couple of years ago when the water was really low we were basically you could pick out those fossilized what do you call those really ancient like they're like ribbed yes Mollocks or I think the yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, uh huh. You basically pick them out of the, the riverbed. Ah, oh, that's crazy, man. And my friend of mine's actually involved in Helmator as well. He he has got the most amazing fossilized uh clump of reeds. Wow. I mean it's like amazing. You know, but he's he's a collector of stuff like that. He has got some fantastic finds. Uh, cool. All right, bud. Well, that's a good luck for 2020. I hope everything uh, pans out, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll get out in the trails for sure. Absolutely. All right, Gareth. Thanks again. Cheers, bud. See ya. Bye. Bye. 
a wrap for episode 139, folks. I hope you enjoyed that. And Tim, thanks so much for coming on the show and telling us about your brand, Helmator. And I hope things start to get rolling quickly in 2020 for you and you can start to go to the trade shows and everything else you were talking about doing there. And the brand grows from strength to strength. So good luck with that, sir. Good luck in 2020. Now, folks, if you want to know more about Helmator, about Tim, just go to the show notes on the podcast. You'll find them at mtb-tribe.com. Just search for episode 139 and you will find out a little bit more about Helmator. Quick links to their socials, their site and everything else and a little bit more about what me and Tim discussed on the episode. Now, if you like the show and you want to support the show, the best way of doing that is by subscribing, rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Every one of your ratings helps boost us on Apple's algorithms and helps spread the good word about the show to more people, hopefully getting them off the sofa and onto the saddle. Now, if you're not on Apple, don't worry, you can find and subscribe via all good podcast platforms. We're on Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean and all the other good ones that are out there that you may use. So you will simply find us by searching for MTB Tribe on your favourite podcast app. We also have a website, mtb-tribe.com, where you can find the complete back catalogue, listen and download every show. You can subscribe there and get one email per week with a quick and easy link to listen to the show. I won't bombard you with emails every other day. Now, you can also get involved on the old social media platforms, of course. We are at MTB Tribe on Instagram and Facebook. And please share the show with friends, with anybody you think may be interested in the podcast. It just grows naturally. The podcast has been growing organically since day one. We don't do advertising or anything like that. So if you could share the show, that would help out so much. Thanks once again, folks, for being here this week. I do appreciate it. I appreciate you tuning in and being part of the podcast. It makes it all worthwhile at the end of the day. But until next week where I will have another interesting show for you, stay safe and as always, stay MTB Stoked.